manufacturing, technology, hot topics, and a little bit of tomfoolery. This is the MTD Podcast. So welcome to today's podcast. Uh, we're actually here in the studio in Burton Latimer, but we're going to be talking about an event that we were at yesterday, which was the uh, Yamazaki Mazak Emo Encore event. Uh, it was a very well-attended event. In fact, I think on the first day, they had over over 200 people through the door. Uh, the following day, which we were there yesterday as well, I think had over 200 as well. And I know the event's still on today, I believe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm joined um, by Gio, Joe and Lindsay, and we're going to be talking about some of the highlights from the event. So if you didn't manage to get there, uh, some of the machines that were, um, some of them actually f- making their, their UK debuts uh, at the event, some fabulous technology, and we're going to touch on most of them now. Uh, and I'm sure these are machines you'll be able to still go back to Worcester and see um, even after the Emo Encore event. And I think probably the best way, guys, is to pick each machine, and we'll, we'll probably start with the one I spent most time looking at, which was the CV5, the new CV5 5-axis. Um, we did a video, in fact, to put that onto uh, YouTube yesterday, and I think overnight that was watched about a thousand times. And for those of you that are into your digital media, you'll know that retention of watching videos is is probably one of the most uh, crucial aspects or statistics. And that video had a seventy five percent retention, which was, you know, and it was you as well, uh, yeah, but, so, quite but, remarkable. But I have to put it down to some of the handy work of the cameraman as well, which was Geo, because we were shooting <laughs> it on our mobile rig. But it was good because, I, I mean, it was quite a fast-paced video, but we saw the machine cutting. And I think generally people are very interested in, in Mazak's technology, especially when they launch what they class as an entry-level five-axis machine, what this is. Um, Gio, you shot that video. Uh, did you listen to what I was talking about on it? Yeah, yeah. it was a good video. It was well shot. You have a problem uh, if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think the machine is, is, is it's been designed... And to fill a gap at Mazak, hasn't it? And I think it, it really is going to be a massive game changer in regards to the capabilities of the machine um, and the price in which you can buy the machine for. This is a full fifth axis simultaneous. There's no options. There's no three plus two, four plus one. It comes as standard full fifths, uh, fifth axis simultaneous. You've got a Y axis configuration which... Uh, embeds itself into the back of the machine to create a larger internal working envelope. You've got a 500mm bed. You've got a a choice of spindles, actually, in regards to speeds. You've got three different choices on uh, swarf management systems and through coolant. Um, But it's absolutely everything that you could possibly want in a fifth axis machine uh, that's manufactured at the UK in U- in the UK at Worcester uh, at an unbelievable price. I was really can, can shocked. I have one? Well done, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it, it, it's it's difficult. You know, Mazak almost not embarrassed. That wouldn't be the right term, but they're like the only thing entry level is the price. It's not a they haven't taken all the costs out of a machine and made a commodity machine. It's still the the build. It's still the quality you'd expect from a Worcester built machine. Well, a Mazak machine in general. It's just a price, isn't it? It's, it's, it's astonishing, I really. I think that's what came up from... I was actually reading some of the comments at the bottom of your video, and um, as we do, and, you know, people are saying, you know, talking about it, and the, the price is the main, main thing that people just are questioning. It, They're really. like, well, it's going to be this much. It's going to... If you're bringing this to the market, it's got to be this and this and this, and actually... You're pleasantly surprised by. I mean, we won't talk price here, but well, the, the it's a good price. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know the exact price mm. anyway. But what what we do know is that the the machine, the prices of other machines, which they're kind of 
benchmarking this price at, which, which will take them into um, situations where they're competing with the masses. And that's really what the business that they're trying to win from this. There is no secret in the fact that the UK market, when you come, if you're looking for a five axis machine and you put it out there to the to the machine tool industry, you will have, you know, a dozen or, or even more, probably 20 manufacturers or suppliers, distributors coming to you with a possible option. Now, previously, some of those, um, some of those call them competitions to sell Mazak may have not been involved in with some of their call it their superior high performance machines but now they will uh, and will they win them well the, you know they've got as good a chance of any and I think when, when you look at the the capabilities of the machines some of the things that Mark Hall spoke to me about which is in this video and other videos that I did with Mark is things like how they how they configured it the x-axis on the bridge the y-axis as Geo said is actually on on the you know, on the on the base of the machine as opposed to it on a RAM. Uh, and they've got this thing called axis stacking. Do you, yeah. do you know what that mm. is? It was, I'll let I you explain it. Yeah. Okay, so so every axis on a machine, a lot of machine tool manufacturers tend to put one axis on top of another, on top of another, like building blocks. And, of course, that then means you've got more, I suppose, what's the best way to describe it? More, more chance for error, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, and you've got more more... Chance yeah. for error. Ch chance mm. for error. Whereas if you spread the axes around on the machine and where the, the mechanics of those axes work, you've got less chance for error. And that's one of the things that Mazak pride themselves on this machine. I think how they've been able to hit the sweet spot on the money side, it comes down to the fact they, they, they're going to build them in volume. The options are 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 good, but they're limited in the sense that I think there's three or four spindles. Yeah, three spindles, it, three coolant options, but all three, good. That's all you probably need in, in, mm -hmm. that, in that marketplace. Yeah, and, and, you know, a few tool changes. So they'll be quickly, readily available. Well, they are. They're available with immediate delivery. Yeah, and, and they're very small in their size as a result of how that Y-axis mm. is configured as well. Yeah, it has to, for, for a 500 machine, I'm yet to see a, I'm yet to see a smaller footprint. And that table's supported both sides as well. Uh, so you you know on your trunnion, which gives you be better stability as well. So that's the CV five five hundred. Definitely worth going to Mazak to have a look. Um, second machine we've got on the list here is the Integrex, the hybrid machine. Geo, you you did a, a few uh, pieces on this, didn't you? And the gear cutting um, capabilities of it. Yeah. So this machine has been developed from Mazak from the um, Integrex, the standard in Integrex, if you like. Now, it's been redeveloped and redesigned from the ground up for, for a few reasons. There's a huge demand for gears at the minute due to the electrification of cars, the aerospace industry, um, the production of more complex gears and the reduction in weight. Um, so this has driven the demand to create a new Integrex machine um, that is predominantly to manufacture gears but to also manufacture the turning and the milling of the part complete in one which um, the Integrex machines are renowned for. Um, the programming of it has been simplified um, so they've got cycles it's kind of conversational so effectively like the control yeah so you haven't got to have a very skilled you imagine kind of creating some of these complex gears, complex gears um, you know, power skiving, the synchronisation of the C-axis, tilting B-axis. Imagine trying to programme that manually. And um, what Impossible. they've done now, they, they've put <laughs> cycles in there. It's mm. made it conversational. So effectively, an operator can read from the drawing, they can put the pitch, you know, the diameter of the part, so on and so forth, the length. And, and it's as simple as that. Um, what they're selling it on in regards to USPs is obviously that 
it's all done in one operation. You haven't got to go and take a component to a dedicated gear cutting machine. It can all be done on that one machine. But the speed of the production of gears is, is something else. They're really saying that it's extremely fast, extremely accurate, um, and it also gets inspected on the machine. So they worked in collaboration with Renishaw um, to inspect the gears in, on the machine, which is also extremely important because if you're taking the gear off of machines, checking on the CMM, and it was slightly out of tolerance, mm, to luck. rework a gear mm. such as that is, is pretty much impossible. How do you rediscover the position exactly, of it? Exactly, exactly I mean, that. I, I, don't, I don't believe you can, unless you've got a, some sort of slot as a deck. Even then you couldn't. You, you, I don't believe you could. Very, very difficult because yeah, of that synchronisation. Obviously the Integrex, we'll go into the next Integrex in a minute, it's a new, new machine. So the AG, what's being added to that hybrid machine to make it different from the new Integrex? So the, the, the features are, in regards to the gear cutting features, are all of the linear kind of elements which give you the accuracy. The synchronisation between the C-axis and the B-axis, there's, there's millions of increments per degree. Um, to, so it's being synchronised to that nth degree to be able to produce the gears that accurately. Um, power skiving, for example, has been around for hundreds of years, but they've never had the right technology to be able to use that cutting tool um, or to produce gears that accurately with. So this machine is really the Integrex, but so if I turn it round on its head, you could still manufacture gears on an Integrex, but... And you could, st but you couldn't manufacture them as accurately as, as and as fast as you could on this hybrid. Integrate. Up to six hundred and fifty-eight mil as well, which which is quite big for a relatively small machine. Yeah, and and it still gives you all that flexibility of being able to do standard components, you know, with milled and turned parts, you know. So if you were a, an end user that maybe we're looking into looking to get into gear manufacturing um and you you know you you could still make your your normal subcontract parts but you could also take on new work as well so like, like you yeah. say very conversation it's almost like almost like an ipad isn't it you know that you've got you, you've got your smooth yeah. gear cutting your smooth gear skiving simplification of programming really it's de-skilled it what tremendously do, what do you think of that backup button that's clever isn't it's it it's very yeah it's kind of a, a get out of jail button in a way so <laughs> I, it's could, I could have done of, that yeah. 20 years well, ago what, what it is is, is if, if you were actually in cut when you were kind of power skiving um it, 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 again it, it how, how closely it needs to be synchronized it's pretty much impossible to re-pick up that cut exactly where it was but with this button it kind of takes it out of out of cut and if you wanted to go back into cut, it can put it back in exactly the position we, that, that it was in. We were actually at Star the other day, um, not at Star, but talking about a star. And I think they were doing that now with threading. And you've got to then find where that thread is and go back and find it and then re-cut. And they're, they're talking similar technologies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the same also as the, uh, I think it's the UAD head that they that Correa supply on a milling machine. They always say that when the, the head, it's a bit like a B-axis actually, when the, when the B-axis moves to an angle and then drills a hole, reams a hole, bores a hole, whatever it might be, when you go away and then you try and pick up that same position again, you'll never cut the same... Yeah. You'll never do it, you, yeah. you, but that is as close as you can get to to uh, finite um, accuracy. And the people, the things people forget, there's a lot of certifications around gears that many manufacturers won't have, and that is something Mazat will have. So uh, you can't, just because you can make a gear doesn't mean you can have it signed off. Whereas with the Mazat machine, you can. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more of, uh, of gear manufacturing in the future with the electrification, ele electric gearboxes, etc. So yeah, good machine. What, what about the Optiplex, Lindsay? You liked the giveaway on that one, didn't you? The Optiplex. That's the laser. 
Oh, the laser one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there was a great little um, giveaway there that you wanted. It was the sleigh, wasn't it? Yes, they were the Santa and the... I, I was um, talking about the machine. They had they had a little um, Santa and you could interlock this sheet metal to create like a three-dimensional form of a Santa on it. Well, a sleigh and the whole, um, horses, the reindeers. It was, it was really good. But I was fascinated to see that they had this like scanning system and you could scan and tell the machine exactly the thickness of the metal and i was fascinated to think that you can cut with a laser 35 mil yeah well i was i saw the scan i didn't quite know what it was doing but basically it was like a barcode it, it was, was zapping barcode. a barcode zap a barcode just like you do anything and then suddenly that, that the so what does that barcode knows the material from that exactly that, and not then just what the it material does, there's the whole program it, the whole the whole program and then what it does it then tells the machine and then almost one for a better word, calibrates the machine to fit then what it is then, the material it is then machining. That's so exactly, it changes sorry. the strength of the laser, everything. everything. Not the show, I don't know how technical that is. But and you how's that information got in there? Well, it, it has to be there initially. They, they demonstrated an iPad, but I imagine in the w real world that's going to be an engineering drawing with some sort of code, uh, barcode, QR code type scenario. You're literally scanning it. That's, so that's telling mm -hmm. you anything you want to know, isn't it, is available on that. So... They were demonstrating different material thicknesses, yep. that, um, how the um, how it was how it was nested, the components were nested, and that's, that bit's quite straightforward, really. The clever bit is the nozzle uh, conditions are different for yeah. each material for each job, like Lindsay says. So yeah, you know, re really clever, and that's that's the it's the, th it's the third edition. It's got is the that, latest control, and that's unique. Is that automation? Is that the level of automation? Where, well, where's like that soft, material it's coming like from? Software automation, I guess. Arguably, they didn't at Mazak, but arguably you could have a stack of material somewhere and a robot yeah. pick it up and pull it in and take all the humans out of it. Obviously, at the show they didn't have that. Um, but but yeah, on, I'm, I'm confused. So you scanning this barcode and that is then giving you what information that it just it changed the job so if you, if you imagine a scenario we've got a, a plate of material like they yeah. did at the show and there's approximately 20 jobs yeah you selected it and scanned it the machine would stop and it would make that part Okay, and it would adjust everything within everything. the machine. Correct, yeah. In order to and cut it calibrate the whole machine so it knows that. Yeah, part. it's not just cutting a different shape or whatever. It mm. is physically changing the characteristics of the of the machine. Was that was that one of the most? Uh, was that really what they were showing there? Was there anything else that was a highlight? On uh, the, the control, the, the, the control, oh. the preview G control. Um, it's very familiar with the uh, metal removal, the you know, lathes and the turning turning machines, five axis machines. It's very very similar, very conversational, easy to use. Okay, uh, let's move on to the artificial intelligence because that was a quite an interesting one. It's still the, the the name says it all, really. But how are how are Mazak now? You know, challenging. Um, what's that? What's that? Geo's <laughs> just pointed, pointed at me because yeah. I explained it earlier. Went well, you've done that better than me. Okay, <laughs> well, maybe there, there, there's your opportunity then because I I didn't get too involved in the AI yesterday, so I'd like to know. So basically, what Mazak are talking about, and we didn't go too in too much depth with AI, but they talk about a digital twin. So if you can imagine the physical machine and then a digital version of that machine. And what that happens is with a particular process, what will happen is with that digital version, it will learn from what it's previously done. So that digital version will learn from that and then reprogram, say, your next job similar or different to improve that process. So if the machine knows it can get from A to B in a faster time because of, and it recognizes, recognizes a previous process, it will make improvements to the physical Will machine. it do it without you giving it the authority to do it? 
Is that the whole idea? It, you're, you're almost letting the machine make the decisions. I think you've got override control, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I think that But what's the point in having it if you don't let it I practice think it's it? I think it's teaching itself, isn't it? So yeah. it's giving you the option... Or you can use it or you don't use it. As it's an up ex- to you. Can I give an yeah, example? Because when we went to EMO, we met um, a lovely gentleman from the Esprit stand. And when he talked about AI, imagine two robots and one will talk to the other. And he gave us an example of one speaking to the other. And within a minute, they had learned so much from each other. This is how quick, like our brains don't even think on this level. You speak we- for yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. so, sorry, I forgot that one before. Um, but within a minute, they were speaking in their own language. So they were speaking all different languages by 45 seconds. And then by one minute, they were talking in their, uh, a totally different language and learned more than probably what we learn over our lifetime. And they had to shut it down, didn't they? Yeah, yes. Because it just got it was too so intelligent. Powerful. I mean, that, that so conversation. I, I found that at school, I was asked to leave early because I was too intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, everyone's making everyone else look bad. Yeah. Everyone's going to switch this podcast on now. Is that off why, now because they don't believe a word we're saying. Is that saying. why you didn't get any qualifications then? Is it? I've, is got, that your I've probably got more than your genuine ones. <laughs> 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 but yeah, if we, if we look at the AI, you've got the three pillars, as I would call them. You've got the AI, which Linz has gone into digital twin and automation so ai they're moving towards drag and drop programming it's, it, people have talked about it for many years is it possible i think mazak are pretty damn close to be honest with you it uh, they, they demonstrated um a, an unknown part to the system and they say uh, using mazatrol it would take 45 minutes i think and i thought that was impressive but um this to, was to program don't it, give it away this was to don't program it. Okay, how long do you think to program it I'm, I'm We're using not allowed a, to say. Using, yeah, we'll say. We'll Can we say. say? We'll say. Use an AI. We'll just see how many people watch Orphan Chips and this. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, we're going to give the answer away. Yeah, we're gonna but yeah, you have the, yeah, 46 minutes, a, a mill turn part, drill tap soles, internal grooves, lots Maybe of detail. Maybe reduced it by 15% half an hour. Do you reckon? Um, yeah, it's very. it's going to be just a matter of minutes, isn't it? Couple of minutes. I don't know. I'm looking at you, Vic, as you know. But I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, two minutes forty. Wow. Yeah. wow. Two minutes forty. So, but what are they doing? They're getting a model and just sticking it on the computer. Well, well if you think about it logically, uh, you need a solid model. That, yeah. All that information's in the model. Mm, it's yeah. all it's sat mm. there waiting for you. So all all AI that onto is doing. The control and it does it and it's doing everything yeah. else. Correct. Yeah, and it will give you recommendations. So if you want a twelve mil slot and you've got a ten mil m mil, yeah. it can either be intelligent enough to think no it's too small and it's got to open up or yeah. it will it will also advise you in an ideal world you change the end mill here yeah. because quite obviously you know it's not the ideal conditions yeah. um so there's that digital twin it's basically you're rec- you're mirroring what's on the machine tool in an office environment yeah. it's easy to say i've got a machine on the screen probably everybody does that now don't they certainly the cam companies but this is actually a digital twin everything from the kinematics down to everything about the machine because every machine tool it's built is slightly different even though mm. the badges are the same they're all very slightly different as we know that's but what it, always amazes me about these software and cam companies when they they say yeah what machine have you got oh a makino blah 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 and they pull out all the, yeah, the from kinematic the cloud, from the cloud, i mean it, but yeah. it must I mean, to, who no, does all that yeah. it must take an, an, an infinite amount of time to for each geo you said something about vibration if the machine vibrates it will then work yeah not yeah not i, I believe that the smooth the, ai spindle yeah that it also monitors the machine tool as well you know the axis the x-axis y-axis so yeah to make it, can, it can kind of you know even preventive 
preventive. I can't even preventative. Say it. That's the one, Joe. <laughs> Maintenance. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's it, well, it's intelligent, isn't it? Really. I mean, the, the conversation we did have at Emo, Emo with Esprit was was mind blowing, really. And mm. he he couldn't um, stress enough how powerful this is and mm. and what a game changer it is going to be. But we think it's the future. And you know, I started here what three and a bit years ago, and we started talking about automation. And now you're physically seeing within three years automation within. Mm. The machine shops that we're visiting. Well, yeah. well, so we're that's talking the about third it now. Imagine smooth AI. The third one is automation, where you actually control the robot off the machine tool. You know, people people are scared about automation. How do I program this robot? How do I do this? How do I do that? Well, well, smooth AI. The third pillar is automation. So you're able to use a conversational program that you'll recognise, but to influence the robot. You know what I loved about it with, with, with all of it. Well, smart brings it all together, doesn't it? And I think that's yes. probably the next subject. But what I love about it is it's like. Some of these really complex subjects that some people, it's hard sometimes to get your head around it. I mean, when Industry 4.0 got introduced to us all, we weren't really sure what it was, what it entailed. You know, it was a word that people were using, but didn't really fully understand that word. But Mazak seemed to simplify things and make things easy. Um, to understand, but they also work. Yeah, you know it's, that, that's that's the, through design, isn't the, it? The brilliance in it is making it easy because it, you 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 don't want to frighten people off before yeah. you, you need to show them that they can they can adopt this quickly and easily and get a return on it. I know you've got we've got smart there, but I want to talk about this Integrex. Uh, I sort of focus on the machines really, the machine technology, the Integrex with the automation cell there. I think it's called Deflex. Cell. Flex cell something. What was the third word? Auto flex cell, maybe. I think it's the auto, auto flex. Incredible. Cell. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. With a fanat robot loading the Integrex machine, and what was fascinating to me about this is the fact that they how they have changed the <coughs> Integrex machines now in order to be able to be configured with automation uh, and and keep their ergonomics now. But also with human intervention as well yes they've made massive improvements so the the, the problem that they've taken problems and solved the problems and the problems were with the the integrex if you can call them problems is that um the operator could stand in front of the integrex and to his left was the the, the, t- the tool uh, magazine in front of him was the chuck and to the right was the control everything accessible within an arm's length mm-hmm. obviously depending how long where you've got monkey arms so it would be um, okay for you but um who uh for, for certainly not for me geo. geo and <laughs> joe okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> joe's got monkey legs but yeah so that so to to reach all of those areas was very easy now of course if you introduce a robot and put a robot in front of the chuck to load the chuck to load the tool magazine it it gets in the way Mm -hmm. you know it gets in the way and then how does the operator then um you know the interface with the machine and the operator becomes complicated so what in what mazak have done with the new integrex if they've they've in fact increased the working envelope but made the footprint smaller on the machines they put the tool magazine around the back uh, and you might think, okay, well, that means we're going to walk around the back to load the tools. Mm-hmm. But actually, no, you haven't because they've got an access point at the front where you load the tools through and they get put into the back of the magazine. But you can also do that with a robot. So uh, they've improved that as well. Uh, and th- the footprint of the machine is far smaller and they've made them more more rigid. And with the elements of the control that you're talking about um, with the automation, everything is done through the control. So whether you buy an Integrex now and use it with the man to load it, unload mm. it, change the, you can, you've still got the same oh, ease of use as you had before. If you want to add a robot to it, that's as easy as well and it won't get in the way. They've listened to their customers. They've seen, like you said, not a problem, but potential for problems, got you future-proofing, we always say that, and 
they've improved on it and massively yeah. and they're doing a great job at it essentially what we have is people talk about automation in fact i I heard it from somebody yesterday. So we don't do volume, so we can't embrace automation. And how often do we hear that? Whereas this cell, there was three different components and the robot was handling everything. So it would load one component, um, it would ghost machine it, and then the robot would remove that part. It would take the chuck jaws out, put in the new chuck jaws, change the tools because it was a large side and face mill, three, 400 mil, too big for the carousel. Then it would machine another part. And basically where I'm going with this, three different components with three different uh, chuck diameters, different tooling, and no one there. Just, yeah. just, just, just the robot. Um, actually, Mark was telling us about the tool carousel and saying, you know, I, I don't know the, all of the Mazak figures, but how many tools you can have on the machine. And there's people now demanding hundreds and hundreds. And he's saying, so basically using automation, you can get a tool, you can store all your tools somewhere else in the facility and then bring them over as and when, and then the robot's just going to load all those tools Yeah, as I mean, well. why buy an Integrex with a, a 250 station tool changer when you don't need it? Because it will cost you more money, okay, but in the future you might want 250 tools. Okay, well, have a tool carousel that you mm. can you can store them in and, and load them through a robot. Automate them. You, yeah. you, could have, you could have a tooling library of 100,000 tools, couldn't yeah. you? And, and in theory, if you've got these machines lined up, you only need one tool per machine, don't you? Sorry, you need one per machine, but in that scenario, you don't. I think the key point for me is what Joe's just mentioned, really. It's the Thank automation you. of setups. <laughs> You know, that's the first time we've really seen that on an Integrex. You've seen an Integrex being automated to automate components predominantly for higher volume work, but to actually automate setups, different tools, this is the first time that I've seen it done, been done so successfully. Mm. Um, and nothing's been compromised either. You haven't no, lost out no on anything. There's no room for error as well. I mean, how many times has an... You, you would hazard a guess that with the sophistication of the machines these days, if there's an issue in a machine shop on a machine like that, it could pretty much probably down to the operator well, and how they've set it, what what whether they've used an incorrect tool, put the wrong tool in. This system is gonna is gonna stop that from happening. I was, I was pushing Greg Cox yesterday on it. He's a great guy, Greg. And I said, Yeah, but how about you can put the jaws in? You know, they're never never in exactly the same. You know, you've got to bore them out. He said, Well, how do you do that? He said, Well, you put it in your program, just bores it out. I said, yeah, but happen what happens if it's so far out it breaks your boring bar? He said, well, that'll never happen, but if you're that scared, just probe it first. And so it's like you've got an answer. <laughs> there's, there's an answer for there's everything. There's an answer for everything, yeah. really, really. In theory, they showed three components. If you had tracks and things, that could be, providing you'd set them up previously, that could be 100 one-offs in theory, different jobs, as long as they're known jobs from the machine. Is this going to be a game changer? Are we going to see in this solution? You know? but the, the money is automating low volumes. If you go to a machine shop and they're automating low volumes, there's always a nice well, car well, at the my, front. Yeah, my, my only, my only um, sort of trying to find the, the, the negative points, if there were any, was the fact that would it take you a long time to set all that up to get it in place if you've only got low volumes you know you've got to, you've got to program it to pick up those jaws artificial you've still got to put, intelligence yeah, you put those jaws in the cell you've still got to put that chuck in the cell you you've know. got to do it anywhere though I, I know but so <laughs> how much time are you going to save by by doing this or is it well, not no, just the way about robot works you don't program the robot you it will know roughly where the jaws are and you just teach it so mm. It's, not, it's certainly with the new um, automation element, the Robo Assist and all the rest of it within smooth AI. That, that's not a big job at all. Uh, yeah, of course, you've got to build all the places to, to, to store this. But if you're doing automation, you've got to do it anyway. But I, I do take your point. Yeah. Mm, uh, and, and also um, yesterday, to, 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 I mean, we've almost been going for half an hour now, guys. But so a few of the other machines that were on show, they had twin spindle lathes being fed by 
robots as well, didn't they? they had additive manufacturing. They're huge horizontal machining centres. Um, they're I, I think IAWC three hundred small pallet machine. You know, it was. Sometimes you, you you see people putting on events and you think, is it is it worth going to that one? What am I going to see mm, that's new? What's yeah. different? What's changed? But I did really feel that there was a, a real buzz around uh, in, in that um, place over the last couple of days, just based on the fact that there was some real new stuff coming through, isn't there? Well, eight, 800 registered. I know you said the numbers early on, but day one, there's over 300. And day two, there was close to 300. Really, so yeah. eight, and Thursday, was today's the busy day. So there's going to be over 800 people, wow. a three-day open house. Pretty, I've n- pretty I've much never unprecedented. Seen, I've, it, it felt like a show at Mac. That's what it felt like. And, you know, when people go to Matt, they go to visit multiple um, OEMs and everyone. But you just think, wow, you know, yesterday the, it was full. But on the other hand, they've got that many debuts, UK premieres. They were showing people what people wanted to see. People got you know? value. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And their factory tour, they've got, the, the, obviously, a lot of the machines are built there. Certainly with the new one, the CV500 being built there, it was great to be able to walk around and see UK manufacturing um, as it is, and booming really. You know, they've had a have had a tremendous year this year uh, off of the back of their innovation, and uh, you know, a good solid customer base. Yeah, that'll be the future of the factory, the CV five five hundred for sure. I, I think I agree with you. Uh, so there you have it. Yeah, so you can go to Mazak yourself. They are based in Worcester, just off the M five, and you can see all of these machines that we've been talking about and more. Um, but their event, the Emo Encore, is is biannually, but they do tend to have open houses throughout the year as well, so you can keep. Uh, keep an eye on those on the MTD CNC website. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. We'll just catch you next Thank time. You. Cheers.